Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to another edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, featuring viewer phone calls from Mother Angelica's show over the years, starting in the 80s and running through the 90s right through 2000. I'm Doug Keck, co-hosting along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Welcome, Father. Good to be with you again, Doug. And we've got a great lineup, Father, uh, on this program. We've got prayers not being answered, a question about forgiving oneself, suffering children, always a toughie, and something you would know about, prayer for priests as well. Yes, we need those, so listen to that one attentively. Right, exactly. Let's uh, talk about the first one, prayers not being answered. That's one I think we all hear about Mm -hmm. uh, in this world, and I know one of the things that I thought was interesting that Mother comments in this particular uh, response is that sometimes we pray for other people, that, but their will is in the way. I never really thought of it that way. Yes, that you have to realize everyone has a free will, free will, right? So if a person receives grace, they can oppose that. And prayer does bring them grace to change, and Mother encourages to persevere in that prayer because Jesus wants her salvation even more than you do. And he is the intercessor, as the letter to the Hebrews points out, so that we should persevere in prayer, knowing that uh, God is remembering those prayers that we're offering for those souls, and they will receive the grace that they need. Do you think that's one of the most common questions you probably hear over the years and people ask? They say, what's the point of prayer? I'm praying, and I don't feel like our Lord is listening to me. I tried it, and it doesn't work, so I gave it up, right? Right. So people have that kind of conclusion. But we have to see that God is our Father, and so our Father knows what is best for us, and we are to trust Him, bring to Him our our burdens, our needs, but also to trust that He's going to give us the very best thing, even if that isn't what we want, Mm -hmm. that He has in mind what is for our greater good and ultimately for our glory. And another thing I think uh, I've come to understand better listening to Mother over the years is that understanding that the prayer is powerful for the, for the person who's praying as well, that it's, it's great to be praying for somebody else, but praying for that person in itself is good for you and helps to change your life. So let's, let's take a listen and see what Mother Angelica had to say about prayers not being answered. We have a call. Hello? Hello? Hi, where are you from? Pittsburgh, PA. And what is your question? Mother, I'm talking, what you were talking about selfishness. Mm. Is it a sin I feel? I pray every morning for two hours. That's my meditation while my husband's sleeping because we're up in age. And it seems that my prayers aren't being answered, yet some who are less religious they seem to have their prayers answered. <laughs> and I just wondered, maybe I have a sin to even think that way. I can't believe I'm talking to you, Mother, and looking right at you. <laughs> I'm I, looking at you. <laughs> well, sweetheart, you can't, you're not being selfish. No, God wants you to pray. And your prayer is being answered. It's being answered. 
it is impossible for God not to hear you. He's inside of you. He hears your every word. He knows every word before you speak it. He knows every thought before you think it. He knows every hair on your head. And he loves every part of you. He loves you. And, and he knows. And I don't know what you pray for. But if you're praying for two hours, your husband is a sound sleeper. <laughs> and maybe that's an answer to your prayer. <laughs> but whatever you're praying for, sweetheart, you keep on praying. See, sometimes we pray for other people, but their will is in the way. Yeah? God's working on them. God has inspired you to pray for your husband. Do you think he's going to let him die and not go to heaven? He's not going straight to heaven. But I'm sure if you're praying all this time, he'll be saved. Or your children, whoever it is, they'll be saved. See, and when you pray for someone, you know you're praying according to God's will. Now, if you pray for a new car, I, I don't know. Especially if you don't have the money, you can forget it. You, know. you, you can't go and pay for a car with goodwill or God's love either. See, so those kind of things I wouldn't worry about. But your will is not in the way when we pray for something that's good. If you pray for an enemy to, to break a leg, I don't think God's going to answer that. If you pray for your husband's conversion or someone else's conversion, he's praying for it too. Jesus is our intercessor. Look at St. Monica. How many years she prayed for Augustine. He got worse and worse. Till he heard St. Ambrose. What happened then? All those prayers kind of backed up on him real fast. Why? He wasn't ready. Why wasn't he ready? Huh? He was selfish, immoral. All of you that are having all kinds of moral problems, or problems with faith. Why don't you read the Confessions of St. Augustine? <laughs> Wake you up. Wake you up. We can never lose hope. Honey. You know, I'll tell you a little incident happened to me. I prayed for somebody so so long, and I saw another person who knew them, and I said, how is he? And she said, oh, he died two years ago. I said, he died two years ago? I said, I've been praying for him all this time. She said, well, that was the lost prayer. I said, no. Mm-mm. 
when that man died, the Lord saw me praying for him for two years. And all that prayer, two years ahead, helped to save his soul. See, you can't think like a human being when you deal with God. You keep praying. I guarantee your prayer will be answered. Why? Because he wants that prayer answered as much as you do. Jesus is our intercessor with the Father. And our dear lady, she is our great intercessor. That's what she is. So you keep on praying. But we'll pray with you. And next up, we've got a question that was uh, asked of Mother had to do with forgiving oneself. Uh, has that been a problem for you, Father? Well, I think it's something I've certainly heard often, you know, especially in the confessional, that people say, you know, I've been to confession a number of times about this, and yet I just can't let go of it. Mm -hmm. So it is a common problem. And I like the saying, I think it's very powerful, that we cannot hope for a better past. We cannot hope for a better past. The past is what it is. Right. Both our faults, our sins, and those who have hurt us. But the good news is we have a remedy for both of those, that we bring it to Jesus. We bring our own past to him. He's the remedy. He's the redeemer. He's the one who buys us back. He's the one who saves us. We need a savior. We can't save ourselves. And so as Mother points out, we just need to trust him and trust ourselves to him. Absolutely. I think a point she makes, and this is so great, she talks about the idea that in some cases it's pride on our part mm -hmm. and that we actually need a little humility to believe that we can be forgiven. We would be much worse, right, if we didn't have the grace of God at work. But for the grace of God, there go I. And sometimes we can look down on others and say, gosh, I don't know how they could ever possibly do that. Well, if we were in similar circumstances, we probably would too. So Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness the Lord forgives us. Let's see what this question had and what Mother had to say about forgiving oneself. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Louisville, Kentucky. And what is your question? Well, you've been talking about enemies tonight. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't have enemies, per se. I am my worst enemy. Oh, you are. That's yes, I am. Yeah, um, that, that can be. How, how are you your worst enemy? Well, everybody's had things happen to them in their past. Yeah. You know, but a, a lot of things that have happened to me, I just, I've forgiven the people that have hurt me. And I honestly believe deep down in my heart that I have, but I can't seem to forgive myself with a lot of things. Um, people say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but for me it's reverse. Uh, do unto yourself as you would do unto others. I'm a very giving, loving person, but I just can't seem to love. I don't know if it's a feeling of unworthiness in God's eyes. Sometimes I feel like that's what it is. God doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel you're unworthy. He he came for sinners, you know. He said, "I didn't come for the virtuous. I came for sinners." He came to forgive, to show compassion. If God has forgiven you, and 
if you've gone to confession, he has, why torture yourself? If the good God who is so offended by us forgives so easily, if I'm sorry, he, he doesn't hold a grudge. We judge God by ourselves. And, and when you feel in your heart that you can't forgive yourself, that's a little bit of pride on your part. I hate to say that. You need little humility, huh? You, you need to understand that whatever you did, you might have done worse if you had the opportunity. Most people are good, or many people are good because they lack opportunity. <laughs> See, you didn't have God, did not allow you to have these opportunities. And so none of us, can, we can all say, there where the grace of God goes out. You know, we, we, could, we all of us are capable of anything. You want to hear something really funny? If God hadn't called me out of the dregs when I was 18 and showed me he loved me and healed me, I would have been one of those flaming feminists that I'm always <laughs> cracking about. <laughs> I really think I would have. You know, I've been clearing these placards, let's hate men. <laughs> See, where I was is not where I am. And where I was without any light or knowledge of God or experience of God is now irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's gone. Our Lord said to Angela Fellinio one time, why do you live in the past? It's dead. It's like shooting at a dead horse. How many times can you kill a dead horse, you know? <laughs> and that's what you keep shooting at a dead horse. And he said, the future is unborn. You just have the present moment, see? You have forgiven others and God has forgiven you. Get off that merry-go-round and say, Jesus, I accept. The greatest joy you can give Jesus is to say, I accept your forgiveness, Lord. He died on the cross to forgive you. He forgives you. And you say, well, my sins make me feel unworthy. We all feel that way. We have to feel that's called humility. See, I just got to watch. I don't get in that situation again. But your enemies have forgiven you. God has forgiven you. You have forgiven your enemies. Now, if you just forgive yourself, the circle will be complete. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us and Mother Angelica answering the call, and she has over all these years, but this specifically is taking phone calls and featuring those from her shows over the years. This one, a tough one, Father Joseph. Mm -hmm. Children suffering, yes. a very tough one. It is, and it's an element, you know, of course, 
in, on the earth today and the world today. And it, Jesus said, you will always have the poor. And we think of especially being moved by the suffering of children. We have to look at the eternal perspective, first of all, that God loves them. And whatever suffering we endure in this life, that it's going to be more than made up in the joys and glory of heaven. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. But as Mother Teresa said, to experience the joy of loving. And I always like that story where there was a family that didn't have much, but they had enough rice they could share with another family, and she wanted them to share it rather than get from their own storehouse um, to give so that they could mm -hmm. experience the joy of loving. One other story I'd just like to quickly mention, you know, there was a couple that came here from Australia, and uh, they told me that they had seen our programs on the missionaries of the poor and their work, and they were so moved by that that they wanted to get involved as volunteers. And I think that's the beauty of our faith, that we are moved to share whatever we can do to alleviate suffering, and that's, what, that's why God allows it, only that he's going to bring some greater good out of it. Right, absolutely, a wonderful order. And her, her quote in here really struck me. She said, when man gets away from God, he is worse than an animal. Worse mm -hmm. than an animal. And I think, unfortunately, we're seeing way too many people out there who have moved away from the Lord and have taken on those uh, kind of animalistic approaches to life. Let's see what Mother Angelica has to say. We have another call. Hello? Hello. Hey, where are you from? Uh, Texas. Good, the big state of Texas. Yes. And what is your question? Uh, Mother, I would like to know why God permits small children to go uh, without food, suffering, yeah. medical attention. Could you explain this to me, please? Well, God didn't put them there that way, honey. It's man. Man has done all that. We don't share. We don't care. And I think abortion and child abuse is one of the greatest evils of today's world. It is not God. Our Lord and Our Lady cry. You have statues crying all over the world of Our Lady crying over the terrible act of abortion, killing in innocent babies in the worst way possible. That's not God. It's not God that anybody should starve. It's not God to say we have too many people and too much population, so we have to be sure they're not born at all. So whole countries feed other countries every kind of medicine and not to have children. That's not God. That we send foods many times to countries and it's stolen by politicians and the people never get it. That's not God. We send wheat, but it does. It sits three miles offshore, and other ships come and they take it, and the people never get it. That's not God. That's the evil in men's hearts. You say, well, why does God permit it? 
because he gave you and I free will. He allows us to be tempted so we can imitate his son, Jesus, so we can overcome temptation and destroy the enemy. You see, with grace in our hearts, with Jesus in our hearts, the whole trinity, the indwelling, we have the power to overcome Satan. That's what the, the angels rejoice over. That one man repents. Why? Because he overcomes hell. He overcomes a higher intelligence. He overcomes more power than he has. It's like an ant destroying an elephant. Man, when he gets away from God, is worse than an animal. Worse than an animal. You see, you know what I think I did after he created world and everything else he had, like my grandma used to have. She'd make a big pie. She had a lot of dough left over, you know. And she'd all crumble it up, you know, and she'd make something out of it or she'd just fry it or, you know, everything she had left over, she just put together. We ate it. It was good. I think that's what happened to God. He made everything, mountains and hills and water and vegetables and meat. And, and he made man. And, but man was made up of all this stuff put together, you know. Human nature, a little bit spiritual, a little bit animal. But man forgets his soul and acts on an animal level He's the worst. Animals kill for food. Man kills for pleasure. For selfish reasons. For evil reasons. None of that is God. That's why it's so important. I pray every day for mass conversions. Mass conversions, because unless we have mass conversions, like Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord may repent, he made us. Then what? Well, I don't think he ever will, myself. But I feel in my heart, and I know you do too, you may run away from it and pretend it's not there. But God alone can change the world the way it is. You know it, and I know it. Get close to him. The world has nothing to offer. And closing out the program for this week, we've got a question that came in. Uh, prayer for priests. Father Joseph, mm -hmm. is that an important thing in your life? Definitely, and I am very convinced that without Mother Angelic and the nuns' prayers, I would not be here today, or I wouldn't, you know, other things would have happened in mm -hmm. my life, but that I was preserved a lot and strengthened a lot through their prayers and the prayers of the faithful and so many family and friends. I was delighted when 
I looked at my dad's little prayer book. My dad passed away a few months ago, and he had uh, my ordination card as one of the first prayers that he would pray. And so we do need prayers. We do need the support. We do need each other. It's interesting, too, and I wonder if you feel this way. When Mother makes a point later on, she says, they need a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. It reminded me of our Lord saying, amen, amen, I say to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the fact is our priests, not just yourself, but all the priests, all the friars are under attack viciously because Mm -hmm. of the Eucharist, right? Yes, and it keeps us on our knees depending upon God keeping us before the Blessed Sacrament, I'm convinced that's what's going to be the safeguard for priestly vocations, for vocations, is just being before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. He always renews us. Absolutely. We've seen that even over the last year with COVID. How many people turning to EWTN? Let's see what Mother has to say about praying for priests. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Westchester, New York. My name is Annette. And what is your question? I don't really have a question. Ah. I just wanted to say that I think you are the absolute cutest thing. <laughs> I love to listen to you. So what did I hear? <laughs> I love to listen to you. Thank and you. And you have fed me so many evenings. Thank I you. did want to make a suggestion, mm. and that suggestion is that I have taken a commitment on my own in prayer on a daily basis to pray for priests. And mm-hmm. I have a suggestion that others take that same commitment on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And believe it or not, you really get a lot of hardships from the evil one because he does not want us to pray for priests. True. Sure. So it's a very difficult task, and, and it's, oh, yeah. it's a very rewarding one. I love them. I love them with all my heart and soul. You need, we need to pray for priests that they have courage and strength to be faithful. They need a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. Pray for bishops who have whole dioceses under them, and they're responsible for everyone. Religious who teach, we should pray for them. Cardinals our Holy Father, our families, our neighbors, everybody who has a hard time living the truth or preaching the truth. We all need that extra strength of prayer. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.